the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's called the Feast of Purim. It is a feast the Lord enacted after the success of the Israelites overtaking Haman and his desires to wipe them out. But it is also so much more, as we are seeing, with a final look at our book of Esther, chapters 9 and 10, we have one final look at the Feast of Purim, honoring God's mercy to us in Christ. The significance of this Old Testament feast and how it is all wrapped up and found in Christ and His victory for us. Join us from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Here's Pastor Jesse Gastan and today's broadcast of Way of Grace. You've got to understand God's Word is deep and profound, but just as simple enough for a child to get it who is interested in it. And what that means is you don't rush to read God's Word. You take your time and say, Lord, I'm going to read chapter 9 for seven days over and over and over again because I know how you work, God. You show me one thing today and then you show me something else tomorrow and neither one contradicts it. It only expands further and develops and augments everything I heard before. That's what is meant by the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Every time I read it, it gets better and better and better. Isn't that right? Like gumbo. How many of y'all know how good gumbo gets on the third day, on the day of resurrection? That's how the Word of God is. It gets better every day. And God will show you something fresh daily in that same text, won't he? Here's the thing. What God is saying is, I love talking to my people, and I want my people talking back. So when you pray, you talk to God. When you read his book, he talks to you. You got it? He talks to you through the book. You talk to him through prayer. And that's how you begin to understand what he meant by the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. He will show them his, his covenant. Verse 20 says in our text, which is an interesting uh, narrative point, And Mordecai wrote these things, sent letters unto all the Jews that were in the province of the king, Ahasuerus, both near and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the 14th day of the month Adar and the 15th day of the same every year. This is, was a law that was once the children of Israel had subdued their foes. Mordecai now being the big dog is making it a decree that they observe Purim every year for two days. Y'all got that? It's a decree. It's a decree. Two days. Verse 22. Notice what it says. And the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies and the month which was what? Turn. That's the word I would circle if I was reading. Turn. The month which was what? Turn unto them from what? Sorrow to joy. That's a message in itself. See, it's all about the turning. It's all about the turning. Now, the turning means nothing to you while you are free and prospering. But the moment you are in trouble, turning means everything. Lord, turn the tables. 
Turn my situation. Turn my heart. Turn my enemies. Lord, you turn. You make a U-turn. You come for me, Lord. Turn my situation. And when God turns your situation, your sorrow becomes joy. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Right. This is what is now being written down as a decree. I've taught this before. Get this. And I hope you become better Christians in the area of uh, memorials and celebrations. You need to. You need to. You need to. You're the most highly favored Christians in the world. You need to. You are the most highly favored Christians in the world in terms of resources and blessings and material goods. You need to. You need to be celebrating frequently God's goodness in your life. You don't need to find yourself under conviction of the Holy Ghost for having taken God for granted. You need to learn how to celebrate. Let wicked men not celebrate. These stupid, crazy legalists and self-righteous religious groups who despise birthdays and despise wedding days and despise holy days, they only do so because they don't see the glory of God in Jesus. They only do so because Christ has not been revealed to them. When Christ is revealed to you in all the splendors of his glory, I'm going to show you that in a moment. Watch this now. You ready? Every day is a holiday for the child of the living God. When I wake up in the morning with my right mind and health and strength in my body, and I realize I had a roof over my head, a beautiful wife laying right by me, Eight grown kids, almost all out the house, and I still got a few dollars in my pocket. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will celebrate his goodness because he is worthy to be praised. I will get on up and go to my job and say, God hath blessed me enormously. I will celebrate his sovereignty. I will celebrate his providence. I will celebrate his care and keeping of me. I am a blessed man. The lot has fallen out to me in pleasant places. Now, will you hear me? When you got that kind of thing going on between you and God, that's called a dance. Y'all will get it in a minute, ladies. When you dance in the work like that, that aroma is going to rub off on people. They're going to be looking at you like she got a secret. He got a secret. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. The text says that their sorrow turned to joy and from mourning into a good day that they should make them days of what? Now, you know I'm happy right there. You know that, right? You, I didn't already told you. I'm happy right there. Feasting, watch this now. And what? Joy. And of sending portions one to another and gifts to the board. That's what I meant. Take verse 22 and write down by it a foreshadow of Christmas. A foreshadow of Christmas. Write it down. And honor God this Christmas for those of you who've been jacked up by stingy religion. I know what I'm talking about. Right. And, and can I preach a little bit? I got 30 more minutes. In my youth, when God saved me, he allowed them to gather around me. Who were they, Pastor? Cults and heretics and schismatic groups from the Christian faith that thought they could have God the Father without God the Son. Or they thought they could diminish God the Son from his equality with the Father and so play him down as a superman and thus tell me to be allured by their legalism and self-righteousness. They're telling me they're happy because they don't eat fish. 
They're telling me ha they're happy because they don't eat barbecue. I don't, I, I don't get that. How are you happy not eating barbecue? They're telling me they're healthier than me because they don't eat pork. But many of them are sick and dead now after 37 years in Christ. After 37 years in Christ. Here brother is right here. 37 years in Christ. Barbecue. Barbecue. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God has made all things clean through Jesus Christ to him that believes. To her that believes. Don't let me start preaching about the gospel to the poor. Because God will have us eat herbs and shrubs and, and watermelon rinds. And he, we eat everything on that pig. Everything. Because we had to. And God touched it and blessed it and healed it. Can I get a witness? They're going to want to tell me to turn Jesus in for fasting? That is an anti-gospel message. Right, and so here they're talking about joy and sending portions to one another. You know what that means? Making sure everybody is in on the party. And then gifts to the poor. Right, so you should see your ethic coming out of that text. At the top of it, the gospel. Its impact in your life. And then the demonstration of its impact in the lives of others. Do you see it falling out of the text? This notion that you're a Christian and you're keeping it all to yourself is an oxymoron. When you become a believer in Christ, you become the fullness of God in him, and God works through you to bless others. That's what's going on here. That's what's going on. That's why I'm saying as American Christians, stop it. Stop it. As American Christians, we live real good, don't we? We, live, we get to work hard for six days. And I, I hope this comes home to you. You need to honor God on that seventh day. You really do. This notion that you have an option not to worship, this meant your gospel is deficient. But if you are prosperous enough to be able to know that you can have all that meets your needs in five days in a 40-hour work period, then realize the honor of all of the other intangibles that you need to be there for. Am I making some sense? Right, and that's exactly what's going on here. The children of Israel are being liberated from their enemies to move back into a Christocentric lifestyle with, with God. And so under point number two, what's noted is that there's a two-day uh, uh, feast being decreed. And then notice what we have under point number two, a day of resisting what? Right, because when you look at the text carefully in chapter 9, verse 20 and 21, in regards to this, what you find is that the Jews had had the fight on, verse, on day 13. Notice what it says in verse 20 and 21 of our text. It says, and Mordecai wrote these things, sent letters unto all the Jews that were in the province to establish this among them that they should keep the 14th day and then also the what? 15th day as a day wherein the Jews what? Rested from there, what? Now, what were they doing on day 12 and 13? Or actually, day 13, they were fighting. They were fighting. And some of them not only fought on day 13, they fought on day what? 14. So the ones in the further perimeter of the kingdom were fighting for two days. And remember, that's what Esther had said to the king. Can I get one more day? I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So I want you to get this. There is no rejoicing until there's rest. And there is no rest 
until you resist. Did you hear? There is no rejoicing until there's rest. And there is no rest until you what? Until you resist. The decree was given to them to resist their enemies, right? To stand for their lives. Isn't that right? And doesn't the Bible tell you and I to resist the devil? To resist him? To stand firm in the faith? I want you to hear 1 Peter chapter 5. I want you to see the principle. 1 Peter 5. I want you to get this now. If your rejoicing is not rooted in your rest in Christ, and your rest is not rooted in your resisting the devil, your joy is not the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is always a consequence of rest that comes from resistance. Three R's. You got it? Resistance, rest, what? Rejoicing. The kingdom of God is righteousness first, then peace, then what? Peace is the consequence of the war won. He says in verse, I'll start at verse 4 for me. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. This is the promise given to leaders. Verse 5. Likewise, you younger, do what? Submit unto the elders. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with what? That's a key word for you to get in terms of winning the battle. Here it is. For God resisteth the what? Right. And gives grace to what? Right. So don't find yourself fighting the wrong war. Don't be fighting against God because you can't win. Right. Now, here's what the devil wants you to do. The devil wants you to fight against God. That's what false religion does. That's what Christless religion does. That's what all of the heretics and crooks do. They want you to see God as your enemy. And God's the only one that loves your soul. There is no God like our God. There's no God like a God who sends his only son to take the hit for you. What gospel in the world have you ever heard where a father gave his son to bear the wrath of God in your behalf? No gospel like our gospel. Pastor, I can't believe that. That's your problem. I do believe it. I do believe it. Listen to the language. Listen to it. Be clothed with humility for God resists the proud and he gives grace to the what? Here it is. Verse 6. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may what? So do you see in our narrative, in our text, what God did? For 12 months, he humbled Israel, and then he exalted them. You guys got that? So sometimes God takes us through crazy trials, and they lambast us. Isn't that right? I mean, it, sometimes it's so humbling that we can't even, even explain it. What I'm going through it's so difficult to explain. All I can do is bow down in my soul and say, God, have mercy on me, right? When I'm going through it, when I'm going through it. But because I'm a child of God, what do I know? That the latter end is better than the former end. I do know that there's an end to that trial. Is that right? There's an end to that trial. What is God doing to me? Humbling me. Please get this, child of God. You wake up some days and that trial is on. You know what's happening? God's humbling you. Right. You know why he's humbling you? Because somewhere along the lines, you said, I'm humble. Somewhere along the lines, you said, I'm humble. I'm going to help you with this. <laughs> you can't say you're humble and be humble. You can't say it. Do you hear me? God will always show you that there's more humbling to be had. So don't tell people you're humble. Just be humble. Um, and here's how you know you're humble, because you know in yourself you're not. 
You know there's a power working in you, the will and to do of his good pleasure. Beyond your natural propensity, propinquities, inclinations, your desire to actually do what stupid wants to do. Is that right? Grace is keeping me from acting a fool. Right? Can I get a witness? Right. So, so watch, watch this. This is called humility. Because gospel humility never steals God's glory and says that we are something intrinsically that we're not. I love the way Luther put it. Some of y'all heard it before, but I'm going to help you because this is a great visual. Believers are actually nothing but snow-covered dung. Did that come home? Did that come home? You look good because you've been covered in the righteousness of Christ. But pull back Christ's righteousness and you stink. You stink bad. Can I get a witness? We're going to be saved today in this house. We're going to be saved. Right. You don't go around telling people that you are good by nature. You still sin. You still sin. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Why is God wanting us to be humble? Because he wants us to succeed in the warfare. I already told you that the foregone a priori assumption is that we're in a battle. And you got to stay low when those bullets are being shot, when those arrows are being shot. And only humility will keep you from being taken out. Verse 7. Here it is. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Teach that. His care is not your care. You understand? Cast all your anxieties upon him because he, resu- he regards your anxieties. His care is not your care. Don't make God anxious like you. God's not anxious. Have you ever saw God sweating? Does God ever have to run? Only when he's meeting repentant sinners. But God is so absolutely situated in his sovereignty and in his power that he never has to be in a hurry. That's because he's sovereign. You do understand that, right? Please get this then. Cast your anxieties on him because he actually is regarding you, not just your anxieties, but you. Doesn't that make sense to give it to him? Give it to him. He's really calling you to learn how to pray because the ones that victor are the ones that pray. Pray before you fight. Here it is, the next verse. Here it is. Be sober. That's a problem for American Christians. Be vigilant. That's a problem for American Christians. Because your adversary, see it? The devil. See, this is a verse that needs to really be lifted up and worked through and treated because we act like he doesn't exist. Now, here's the thing. That's exactly what he wants. He wants you to believe he doesn't exist. He wants you to be so blinded to his presence and his mechanisms that the only time you discover that he actually exists is when he has torn up everything in your house. When he has torn it all up. Remember, he's called the waster in Isaiah 54, 17. I made the waster to destroy. When he destroys it all, because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Destroy it all. By the time he destroys it, then you realize, whoo, the devil must have been here. You should have known he was always there. You should have known he was there. You should know his wiles. You should know his methods. You should know his devices. You should know his strategies. You should be waging war against him. This is called obtaining grace and then possessing grace. Because his goal is to take it from you if you got it. You should know. Walking about seeking 
whom he may devour. Look at the next verse. Here is our instruction from our general. Are we there? Here it is. Whom what? Whom what? Resist. You see it? Resist. Stand against. Oppose publicly. Make a public declaration of opposition against him. This is not a small word. This is a big word. It's a military term. That means you get up every day and you dress full metal jacket. Every day, full metal jacket in the Spirit of God. You dress every day, full metal jacket in the Spirit of God. And you declare publicly that God's enemies are your enemies and your enemies are God's enemies. And you see the devil for who he is and what he wants to destroy in your life. And you go to war against the devil. That's what that text is saying. To stand against Deeper than that, I won't go there for time's sake because I only got 15 minutes. I wish I had time to deal with you on this word resist. But if you were just looking at 1 Peter carefully, there are two resistances going on. God resisting the proud and the saints resisting the devil. Now, this is the only way you're going to know whether you're in the right battle. You're in the wrong battle if God is resisting you. You're in the right battle if you're resisting the devil. And this is how you do it. You resist him steadfast in the what? You resist him steadfast in the face. See that term steadfast? That's our Greek term steroid from which we get the term steroid from which we get the term strength by which we build our bodies. It's done artificially today and it's bad for you, but we all have natural steroids in our bodies. And when we build up, when we build up, when we build up in the faith, when we build up in the most holy faith, when we pray in the most holy faith, when we build up, in the most holy faith, we are able to successfully stand against the devil. Is that right? When you build up in your most holy faith and you stand against him by standing in the gospel. It is the gospel that allows you to overcome the devil. We only overcome by what? Faith. What is it that overcomes this world? Is it not even this, our faith? Faith, the substance of things hoped for. Faith, the evidence of things seen. Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is the way you and I have the victory. Is that right? Where my faith is diminished, I am going to lose that battle that day. Where my faith is strong, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, I'm going to win that battle because Christ is the one that's working in me, the willing to do of his good pleasure. Did you guys get that? This is so very important for you to get. Now, the reason I'm treating this subject the way I'm doing right now is because I want you to understand that the joy that the Jews have in their text is because they've worked this whole process out that I'm talking to you about. They've had to pray for 11 months. They've had to position themselves for 11 months. They've had to prepare for 11 months. And they didn't know that they would even have Mordecai or Esther, or all the lieutenants, or all the captains, all the resources that came out in chapter 8 and in chapter 9, they come to discover God had been working behind the scenes to set up their triumph and their victory and not letting them know. And I told you, this is how God works. God ain't going to tell you every step of the way. God's not going to let you in on his plans. He knows that some of us are so weak in faith, we've been took what God told us and told the devil. Can I get a witness? We're so dumb and stupid, we can get turned around so easy. We've been in turncoat like Benedict Arnold, ran into the devil's camp, told the devil what we're up to. It's exactly what Hezekiah did when God gave him 15 more years. Opened the door to the Babylonians. 
let them see everything that God was up to. They never should have entered into the temple. They never should have entered into Jerusalem. See, that do, leaky mouths sink ships. And Christians are toe up for that. So God has to do a lot of work behind the scenes, above the scenes, below the scenes, in front of the scenes without letting you know, just to bless you in order to keep you. It's really true. What I'm saying is absolutely true. God can't trust a lot of us with revelation. All he can do is let you come in on the end of the war and be blessed. What happened? I really don't know, but once the smoke cleared, I see the blessings. Now, some of us, he allowed in the battle. He allows some of us in the battle because he has taught us how to exercise honor with discretion. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. We thank you for joining us. This is Way of Grace, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m. Sunday school's at 10. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m., for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. If you're trying to tom-tom us or uh, Google us for the map, you can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510 886 9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510-886-9782 or stop by our website, grace-bible.com. We do thank you for spending time with us today. Trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.